Last week we looked at how Ireland changed the world. Ireland changed the world. And we looked at the 4th and 5th century, right up in the 12th and 13th century, that Ireland was a part of this small island that God somehow chose us to help change the world. We looked at men like St. Patrick. And this is an image that people have of him. Many, when they think of St. Patrick, they think of Green Guinness, right? They think of the shamrock. They think of the snakes getting, getting kicked out. But, but Patrick was one who, who brought Christianity. He brought the gospel to Ireland, which then transformed the world. And what we saw, and it's incredible when you when we, you know, last week, if you, if you weren't here and you missed it, you go on, on, on our YouTube channel, Open Arms Church, and you'll be able to find out. It was almost like a, a documentary going through the history of our land. And, but it's incredible when you see, this is, firstly, this is Saul Church. We the, when we went there to fill them, we actually had the opportunity to go inside. It's been, uh, there's been a church on this site from 432 AD, 1600 years ago. And they stand there. And it was in this place that revival broke out from. And it's incredible. There was no YouTube. There was no Facebook, Instagram. There was no modes of communication. All there was was, was the land before them. And yet God moved how the spirit broke out. And I believe that he can do it again. I believe that he can do it again. More now than ever before. There's greater opportunity today than ever before. Irish people have got to the point where we've tried everything. And yet still, there's a hopelessness. Yet still, there's a void. And it's only a void that can be filled with Jesus. There's more of an openness than ever before today in Ireland. We are poised for breakthrough, for spiritual breakthrough. We looked at, and this is a, a book that I've been reading and researching, and how Irish saved civilization, written by Thomas Cahill. I encourage you to read up on it, to, to look at the land that you are in and the history, the heritage that comes in this land, that, that God chose this land to reach out into the world. And we looked at men like St. Columbanus. You know, the Irish people were famous for conserving and preserving the gospel, most famously through the Book of Kells, as you go and you read the pictorial gospels. And you'll see that we... You know, we're able, as the, all the books and libraries were being burnt right throughout Europe, it was the Irish that were with uh, manuscripting and copying all of the books. And it was St. Columbanus, though, who he brought the gospel to the world. He traveled throughout Europe, and in his time, he built a hundred monasteries that raised up and taught leaders to then go and plant churches and bring the gospel right then throughout the Americas and Africa and the Middle East, and Asia. It was the Irish who brought the gospel to the world. As we look at our heritage, one of the key significant places, just like Saul Church, was Bangor Abbey. Bangor Abbey was where St. Columbanus, he spent 25 years of his life, but this place was one of the hubs of, of where the missionaries were trained and taught and then sent to, from the shores of Ireland, sent to the different continents. But what's really significant, I believe, is when you look at the history that, that it was a place of prayer and of worship. In fact, for 250 years, there was 24-7 unending prayer. And you can feel it when you step onto the grounds and you can, you can feel it in, in the atmosphere, in the land. 250 years of unending prayer. Prayer, it makes a difference. 
what we pray, the lives we live, what we give, how we serve, it makes a difference. It has a lasting impact. It has a lasting impact. And so I want to continue on from that today. And I want to share with you, as I have been sharing with you, a little bit about the history of our nation. But I want to share with you a little bit about the history of my family. And this is personal. I've been talking about impacting not just today, but for it's a hundred year old vision that it will impact the generations to come. That the hub that we build here in South Dublin, that it will become a place like Saul Church and Bangor Abbey. The building, in, in a way, it's insignificant, but it's the land in which the building is in, which the people gather together to then pray and, and invest and sow and reach and serve and love, that that has a lasting impact in the generations to come. And it's interesting when you look forward then in the history of Ireland, it went from a savage nation where even the Romans, the greatest army in the world, chose not to invade this savage warrior nation into a Christian nation known as the land of saints and scholars. Read then over the next thousand years, we had the Vikings, we had the Normans, and then we had the Anglo-Saxons come and, and rule our nation. There was such wealth and depth in terms of our intellectualness and our wealth that was in the land of Ireland. And it is known as Era, the Irish translation is known as the most fertile and abundant land in all the world. It, why? 90% of it's because of all the great rain that we get for, for most of the days. But it's, it's, it's one of the greatest lands, even ecologically, when you look at in all the world. But what happened for three, four hundred years as we became a slave nation. We became an oppressed nation where our land was ripped from beneath us and it was taken, the soil and the fruits of our land was taken from us. And what we see, this era, this most fertile land became a divided, broken, impoverished land until over 400 years, the Irish people rose up again and again but were kept getting beaten down, rebellion after rebellion until 1916 which happened to be on an Easter Sunday, a Sunday morning. The Irish people raised up and the Irish army and fought against the British and it was in a, a significant day which we lost on that day and blood was spilled, but something significant happened. And I truly believe that last Sunday, something significant happened. That, that something can just shift and change in the spiritual atmosphere where you can feel it. You can sense it. And then that day, the Irish Republic, and you read the proclamation, the proclamation of freedom, they declared freedom over a nation, but didn't yet experience freedom for a few years to come. And the Irish state became an Irish free state where the Civil War, you know, we went from fighting the English to fighting ourselves. That's what Irish people tend to do. <laughs> We're loved all over the world, but unfortunately not between ourselves half the time. And it was in 1921 that finally we experienced a free state. We experienced freedom in our land. And that's what I want to bring to a personal place as I share with you today. Because it was in 1921, actually the 4th of January 1921, my grandfather named William Booth, he was born. And he was born into a free state, but he wasn't born into a state of freedom. See, what happened in Ireland is we 
had gone from a Christian nation, a nation where the Spirit of God had moved so powerfully and changed the world, but it became a religious nation. We had gone from the bondage of one empire now to the bondage of the Catholic Church. And coming into this place in which my grandfather was born into, he never had the opportunity to experience a life-giving church like this. And as he lived his life, he had 12 children. 12, I've got four. I, don't, I can't believe how he had 12 children. He was actually, he was only 38 and he had 12 children. I'm 35, I can't, I've got four. I just can't picture it. <laughs> but the 11th is my dad, Patrick Joseph Booth, who was born in um, 4th of June, 1958. And... At this time, my, my grandfather, who had lost his way and was involved in, in so much of wrongdoing, and he had left my grandmother and his children in such an impoverished state that they had to become wards of the state. And this is what my dad had grown up in. And as he was growing up in that and looking back, he never had a relationship with his dad as his dad had left him when he was just two years old. Never had a relationship with his dad, but growing up in that environment made a commitment that I'll never repeat the sins of my father. And so he had one of the most uh, famous little boys ever born, Sean Booth, born on 26th of July, 1987. Of course, this is me a few years after. Now, I am one of one, right? I'm an only child, and I don't know what my mom was thinking, as you can see, that's Thankfully, I wasn't born in this day because it could have been like some confusion going on, but <laughs> long hair, the pink clothes, there's some stories where she gave me dolls to play with. Thankfully, I, I, I grew up with a, a very confident in terms of my sexuality and gender, <laughs> but could have been confused. And it was at this time, I was about, I was about three, four years old at this time, and my, my parents, you know, they, they never experienced a life-giving church. They never experienced, you know, the gospel and, and Jesus and freedom that, that we have all heard and had the opportunity to know. And just like my dad had committed that he would not repeat the sins of his father, he did. And he followed in the footsteps of his father. And it was in this time that my mom and dad were, were separating and they were going their separate ways. But it wasn't until through chance almost that my mom met a counselor who was a Christian counselor and led her to the Lord. And my dad then went and he led him to the Lord. And, and it was then as they came back and beginning to look at what this new life would look at, looked like, they went to a church called St. Mark's Church. It's in the city. It's still there. Again, a significant building, a significant place. It was there that they walked in, 1991, on a Sunday morning, and they never left. It was there they experienced community. They experienced something that they'd never seen or heard before, and it was the church, the church, the beautiful church. If, if this was not there, I would not be here. This, this is where you need to understand the importance of church. Why, why we come to church, why we're a part of church. Why? Because it's not just about ourselves. It's about those who are yet to come to know Jesus. Yeah. It's led our, so our children, like, like Carter, my son Brandon, like the kids who are in kids' church, that they grow up and they are 
seen, modeled before them what it means to be a Christ follower, what it means to have a, a marriage where Jesus is at the center, what it means to pursue after Jesus and not after the ways of the world. And so they had went to St. Mark's and traveling from Newbridge and County Kildare, where I'm from, to, to Dublin every single Sunday morning, and they began a, a small house, or this ragtag bunch of 12 of them meeting in our home from 1996. They started a very small group, and, and from over the next four years, someone had the idea of Open Arms Church, let's start a church, and they started a church in a sports hall. Hey, we're blessed right now to be here. There was a smell and a whiff of the night before. I remember, I remember it very well. And as you can see, one, one of the things that I just think is interesting has been pointed out to me quite a number of times. From the very beginning, multicultural, multi-generational. The New Ireland is diverse. It, it, it's color. It, it's, it's beautiful. It, it's age and race and culture coming together as one. It's a picture of the church. It's a picture of heaven. That every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, all together as one. And just a couple of years in and just through God's provision, that, that small town, Newbridge, some of you probably never even heard of it, let alone been to it, this small town just exploded in growth and we had the opportunity, we had the very first church in an industrial estate in Ireland. Now every industrial estate is, has many, many churches and, and this building was significant because it was the place within the community that we can invite people to. And a place that even through all that we've gone through in 22 years, through every difficulty, yet it was a place that we're able to be rooted in for the community. And today, as you can see, this is just a picture of our auditorium in Newbridge, 400 people coming every single Sunday morning. That's the church that we're a part of. This is Open Arms Church in Kildare, in Newbridge. And this is also a significant place. It's a place that from when I was a teenager have grown up in. And I met the most beautiful woman in the world. Jillian is still so beautiful. Me now, on the other hand, firstly, I don't know how I was ever convinced to wear a white suit jacket <laughs> to my wedding. The second thing is you can probably see, I don't know how they let me drive, let alone get married. Looked about 14 there. But I met, met Jillian and, you know, she's a, her own incredible testimony, how she gave her life to the Lord and from 2004 till now grew up in that church and discovered what it is to follow Jesus and follow after him. But myself and Jill, we fell in love with each other. We fell in love with Jesus. We fell in love with the church. We committed ourselves to the church. And over the next 10 years, we did everything we could possibly to equip ourselves, to develop, to strengthen ourselves. We were youth pastors for five, six years. We moved to Cape Town in South Africa. And there we were able to be exposed to a church that we said, that's the church that we want to build in Ireland that thought bigger larger, that that's what we can do. And that's where God, back in 2011, gave me the vision to plant a church in Dundrum, to plant a church in Dublin. We came back as the associate pastors in Newbridge, served there for a number of years until we moved to St. Catherine's Church in Thomas Street in the city where we had the opportunity to serve there as pastors. And it was there that we were preparing and getting ready for this church plant. Getting ready. And it was March 11th. 2018, where we launched Open Arms Dublin. And since that day until today, 
every Sunday, setting up every Sunday morning. Afterwards, when you all leave from here, we're going to take everything down. We pack it all away and we'll get ready for next Sunday morning. And we've been building a church and building a community in the basement of a hotel. You can build a church in the basement of a hotel. Hey, you can build a church anywhere. Because it, the church has got, it's, it's not about the building. But yet the building is significant because of the land that it's on. And the people that gather in together. I just want to share with you, as I, as I come to look at our vision and what this means for us as a church, I, I stand before you today, having been a man who's been transformed by Jesus and transformed by the church. I'm so grateful for the church. I, I want to I give my life to the church. That's the calling that I have. In fact, I believe that each of us, even in our roles, being the church from Monday to Saturday and coming together as a church on Sunday, I believe that we're each to give our lives to this. That we can see God do something significant. And how he changed Ireland and changed the world, he can do it again. He can do it again. You start with me. You start with you. And our vision is to build a life-giving church. It's important. We want it to be life-giving. If it's not enjoyable, we're, doing it, we're not doing a good job. We want it to be, you come in and you can sense the life. You leave here, you've got more life than you had than when you were, first went in here. And our, our vision is not just to reach Leopardstown, Sandyford, Dundrum. Our, our vision is not just to reach South Dublin and Kildare and Meath and Wicklow. Our vision is to reach the nation of Ireland. All of Ireland. Because we believe that God's given us a heart for Ireland. Our mission is to see people experience life change through Jesus Christ. That we will experience life change. That we will give our lives to Jesus and yet see him then change our lives. Change our mind, change our heart, change our marriage, change our children, change our finances, change our career, change whatever he has that we give him everything. We want to see life change through Jesus Christ. Our heart is to be life-giving, life-changing. Why? Because Jesus is life-giving and he's life-changing. That's our vision. That's our heart. As we come back to ERA, Ireland, we, we're in South Africa, as i just shown, and God gave us Myself and Jillian, a vision for the land of Ireland. If you want to change the land, you need to change the place of influence, which is in Dublin. And it was, remember well, it was this time, October 2011, 11 years ago, driving down the motorway, going to Dundrum, and I said to Jill, God saying we've got to plant a church here. God said we've got to plant a church here. And for the next seven, eight years, anyone asked me, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? I said, I'm going to plant a church in Dundrum. Every single person, I'm going to plant a church in Dundrum. What are you going to do? I'm going to plant a church in Dundrum. Why Dundrum? I don't know. But I'm going to plant a church in Dundrum. Why Dundrum? That was the question. I don't know. But I'm going to plant a church in Dundrum. But actually, when you look at Ireland and Dublin, by a factor of 10, is larger than any other town or city in the nation, it's Dundrum, actually, is the center of South Dublin. That is the place of influence. In a 10-minute radius, there's a half a million people. A half a mi That's our community. I call it the community of South Dublin because it's our community. It's a large community, but it's our community. 
And we see here, as you can see some stats, it's actually the youngest population in Europe is here in this community, in this area. It's the place of influence. It's the place of culture. It's the place when you want to shift and change a nation, it begins with here. It starts here. And so as we look at reaching the nation and bringing in these people, as I said beforehand, like Larry Bryan, Brian Buffini, and Kinsey and Connor, and all these people, and we've got a, a, a depth of people that behind us, I'm not just going to say we're going to reach the nation. We're, gonna, we're going to do everything practically within our grasp to be able to do this. So we have a plan, and I want to share with you today our plan. The first plan is we're going to purchase a home. We're going to purchase a home, a base of operations, just like Saul Church. It was a barn. His very first convert, Patrick, when he came after studying for 25 years, he was 47 years old when he came back to Ireland. Having been a 16-year-old boy, he came back 47 years old. His very first convert was um, a, a man who was a landowner, and he said, give me your barn. He took his barn, and that was his church. I think we could get a barn. I think we can get a barn. If anything else, we'll get a barn. Something small. But we just need something to purchase our home, a place like Bangor Abbey, a place of unending prayer and worship, a place like St. Mark's Church, a place like Open Arms Church in Kildare. And we're going to purchase our home. We're going to build our congregation to 2,000 people. Why is that important, Sean? Okay. There's never been a Christian church in Ireland of over 1,000 people. Never. And in fact, when you look at north and south, a Christian evangelical church has never been a church of 2,000 people. Now, why is that important? The number is really irrelevant. It's the people behind the number. Every number is a person. Every person has a story. And every person is connected to a family and to people. It could be 20,000. It could be 200,000. Whatever God's going to do in my lifetime, it's going to continue on. But I believe that God's calling us to build a large church, a life-giving church. It may not all be in one place, in one time, in one service. It could be multiple churches and places and locations around the city and around the counties. The third thing we're going to do is we're going to use all forms of media to broadcast to Ireland. That now it's incredible, as we just said, back in 432 AD, there was one place and that was where it would be today. You can be in one place and broadcast to millions of people. We want to use TV, radio, online, social media, everything within our capabilities. Once we purchase a home, when we build a, a place, a broadcast place to broadcast to the world, that we would not just experience Jesus, but we'd be a voice of hope to our nation and to the world. And here's the fourth and final step of this plan is to raise up leaders and to plant churches throughout Ireland. Open arms isn't going to change Ireland. Jesus is going to change Ireland. Open arms on its own is not going to change. We need other churches. And you know what? When I say the Christian evangelical church, it may be through the Church of Ireland. Hey, the Spirit of God may move in the Catholic Church once again. And we see a resurgence like never before. It's not about one specific church or one specific style, but it is about us all together, raising up leaders, planting churches, having the gospel at the forefront and going before us. And this is our vision. Churches right across this land. 
life-giving, vibrant, large churches on fire for God. In every county, in every town, in every community, it starts here. It starts with us. And it starts now. 100 years, 9 months, and 20 days. My grandfather's great-grandson was born. We talk about 100 years. For many of us, 100 years. It's incalculable. It's, it's, it's hard to grasp. But my grandfather to my son, 100 years, 9 months, and 20 days. From the moment he was born to the moment my son is born. Now in that time, we've had a family that's gone through quite a lot of difficulty, quite a lot of trials, quite a lot of trauma and hurt and pain and sorrow and grief. And unfortunately, a lot of my family, they don't know the gospel. They've never experienced the gospel. He was born into a free state, but he never experienced a state of freedom until the day he died. And yet, throughout that 100 years, we saw that Jesus transform my family. And in the next 100 years, my family is going to grow and it's going to thrive. And we're going to go through hard times and we're going to grow through difficulty. But we've got Jesus. How about your family? How about your children? How about your children's children? How about your children's children's children? In 100 years from now, how will their life be? How will it be impacted and changed because of what you do today? The seeds we sow, we may never reap the harvest, but it's important to sow seeds. It's important to water those seeds and care and nurture. So as we look at purchasing our home, and as I bring this to a conclusion, and I bring this to you, what does this home look like? We want to build a state-of-the-art art auditorium that we can invite friends and family to. That you can see, we're looking at a five to 700-seater. This is about a 120-seater. So it's a, a little bit larger. Why? Because we want to have as many people as possible in the room together, worshiping, giving God glory. We're going to have a broadcast and recording studio, a kid's church that's thriving it's life-giving that our kids are dragging their parents to come to church, wanting to get them up on a Sunday morning. That in our community, people are talking in South Dublin about the kids' church in Open Arms Church. Our youth facility, John was just talking about, we got in our second service, 20 youth. It's amazing. Hey, the youth, you walk around the streets today and you see the youth? You think they need Jesus? You think, you think they need change and transformation? Who's going to do it? We are. We're going to be part of that. We're going to have a counseling center. We're partnering with Zest Life. Where we're going to have, it's, it's one of the largest um, counseling organizations in South Dublin. It's such a place of influence and help. We're going to be partnering with them and having them in our building from Monday to Sunday. We're going to be reaching out and be a hub within the community. That's our goal. That's our vision. How much is this vision going to cost? Well, the purchase, we're looking at in around 3 million euros. We live in one of the most expensive real estate areas in Europe. It's, it's expensive to buy a, a piece of land, but that's what it costs to convert it. We're looking at getting 
a, a warehouse. That's our goal. That's what we want, a shell that we can convert. Look, it's 1.5 million euros to convert that. Sound and visuals, roughly uh, just below half a million furniture and fittings. So the total is 5 million euros. So our goal is to raise 5 million euros. And I say this to you today because our vision is big, but God is so much bigger. So he's so much bigger. For me, it might, hey, five million euros sometimes is, I can't conceive it, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's going towards the right thing. And this means as we're raising all of our finances to pay for our building, every cent that we give as a church is going towards ministry. It's going towards reaching people. It's going towards expanding the kingdom here on earth. And just as I finish, I know I'm taking the time. Our board, we've got an incredible board behind us, Pastor Andre Grief, that's him and his wife, Leanne, who have been uh, myself and Jillian's mentors now since I'm 19 years old, from 2007 right through today. Brian Buffini, as I said, has been here... uh, He's originally from Dundrum. He was here with us last Sunday. Pastor Sean Malarkey is the pastor of St. Mark's Church and Christian Churches Ireland, the network that we're part of. And then Pastor Larry Bright, who was here with us just three weeks ago, and pastor of Elevation Church. And that's our board. Those are the people who are behind us, who are calling us on, who are, who are just behind us 100%, along with the Pentecost family. Our leadership team, of course, is myself as the leadership team. Our executives is um, executive assistants, Rahul, Executive Director is Alan Fay, who is today in Newbridge. He's leading the services as we are one church, three locations, of course. Then the rest of our team is Blake Edgman, who leads us in worship, with a production director, and then Sean Sheehy and Sean Duncan, because every most spiritual person in the church needs to be called Sean. It's kind of like a rule that we have. They were uh, the two people who started Open Arms Church with my dad back in 2000, and they're still here today. In fact, they were the first two that were there from 1996 right through to today, serving every single Sunday. This is our leadership team. Our team here in Dublin, Brian Somerville has joined our team. He preached here last week. He's an incredible preacher. He's one of our teaching pastors. My wife, Jillian, uh, Cara, who is our our kids director. Paulina, who's one of our kids leaders uh, and our administrator. John, who is up here leading our youth, doing such a great job. And Jody, who is his wife, who's leading us in worship as well. Uh, Alan and Rahul and Blake and then Johnny Mullen, who also is a part of our team. This is just our Dublin team. We've got a whole Kildare team. We've got 20 full and part-time staff in open arms throughout the week who are committed to this. It's a large operation that we're getting ready for it. We're getting ready for more and more people. We're getting ready for what God is doing. We're not just praying. We're stepping out and doing all that we can do. So to bring it to you as a finish, and I'm just going to ask Blake and the guys to get ready. On each of your seats, I'd love for you to grab one of these. And we've been talking about this now for a number of weeks. So I, I hope that you're ready and prepared. I'd love you to grab that. And as you open it up, you see the vision that God's given myself and Jillian, our prayer and our heart for this hundred years. The seeds that we sow, the, the sacrifice we make will make it have a long-lasting, 100-year-old impact. In Newbridge, our goal is to refresh and renovate our building for a ministry and community. We want to invest in the building that's been there for, for 20 years. And in Dublin, as I said, to purchase a permanent location. So what are we asking of you? Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking every single person who considers themselves part of Open Arms Church to tithe. To tithe. 
To tithe is to give 10% of our finances back to God through the local church. Believing and knowing that he will bless the 90%. But to tithe for each of us, some of us today, and what I'm asking each of us to make a commitment for 2023. And why we do this, and we do this every year, is because my, don't worry about my son. My background has been finances and accounting, and we, we plan, we're diligent. Every I is dotted, every T is crossed, and we get ready. We plan a year ahead for what we can do and what's possible, and we look at our budget. And one of the things that helps us plan is by each person making a commitment. Some people may give a once-off donation, saying, you know what, I, I've, I, I just feel that God's called me to give a certain financial donation. We'd love you to write out your name and write out what that would be. Or maybe you're committing for 2023. So it might be committing for, for me a tithe. I, I'm a tithe 600 euros a month to the church. And that's my tithe. That's my 10%. Actually, it's, that could be over and above my 10%. Whatever your 10% is, maybe you're starting out giving. And from the day we started this church to today, I've never, not once, and for the rest of my life, will never manipulate, coerce, put under pressure. We do not follow up with you. We do not, uh, you know, somehow survey and, and monitor this. It's between you and God, okay? He sees your heart, not just sees your hands. This is between you and God, but all I'm asking is you to make a commitment, to invest. So what I love to do, and I'm going to take a few moments, I'm going to take a few moments just to write out your name, you take this, take your pen, write out your name, and write out your commitment. In a moment then, we're going to pass the containers from right to left. But before we do that, let's just take, why don't we just close our eyes for a second. I know many of you are sitting here today and you are faithful givers. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your giving. For those of you, maybe you're starting out, maybe you've started by giving a small portion God's calling and stretching you to give more and to give towards this vision but this is just as you prepare that in your heart on the back of these cards and what you can do is as you finish writing it out all you need to do is just easily rip this off but one of the things that we've done is we've wrote and this is my prayer for 2023 maybe your prayer is a hope a dream a person a need love for you as well to write out your prayer for 2023 and we as a team we're going to pray over every person we're going to join together and believing not just for the vision of our church but the vision of every single person so why don't you just take an opportunity just to do that right now write out your commitment what you're committing for 2023 and also what your prayer is on the other side and just take a few moments to do that